Welcome to the Big Niang Theory. Let me ask you one question. This is my podcast. Joel is a card shark. Danny gets swindled. Fashion, I just like stuff that looks good. Greatness just breeds greatness, and we all fit right in. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Niang Theory. We had a superb guest today, um, Tobias Harris. Um, I've had a close relationship with Tobias, you know, since I've gotten to Philly. And um, today was great. I mean, he got to open up about, you know, his time here in Philly, his family, his journey, um, how his mind operates, you know, even funny topics about food and his thoughts about me. And But I think the coolest thing was, um, you know, Tobias impacts a lot of people and he does it, you know, with a clean heart. And I think, you know, this episode, it, people are really going to get in and get to see who Tobias is as a person. And uh, I think that's going to make a lot of people love the guy that he is. And he's uh, super special to us, super special to me, super special to the people in his life. And uh, I'm really excited for the for the podcast world to uh, hear this episode. He mentioned it in the conversation, but he said that he doesn't do a lot of content he doesn't do a lot of PR stuff, even though from where I'm sitting, I, I think he should because of all the good that he does in the world. I wish yeah. he would talk about it more. Um, but I think that that makes it even more meaningful when he is willing to talk about it, when he is willing to open up. Um, there are a few people in the world that I admire more than Tobias Harris. He is in my Mount Rushmore, I think, of, of people that I've worked with. So I'm very excited for him to share and, and show everybody why. This is an awesome episode. So without further ado, here's Tobias. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Niang Theory. I'm George Niang with my co-host, Lauren Rosen. And today, we have a very special guest. It was kind of last minute, but I appreciate his assertiveness of coming up to me and getting it done. We have Tobias Harris in the building. Thanks for joining us, Tobias. Happy to be here. You know, I've never really said this to Tobias, but, you know, growing up kind of in the same area, Tobias was a little bit older than me. And, uh, you know, I did look up to you when I was uh, in high school, you know, when you played in AAU. This is the last time I'll ever bring it up because uh, that's embarrassing. But hey, That's not embarrassing. Um, growing up in Boston and Tobias being from New York or Connecticut. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> New York, um, you know, obviously he was highly touted. He's had a, he's had a crazy journey. Um, but I think being – I'm a New England kid or a Northeast kid's – how do you feel being close to home? Because this is my first season playing close to home, and it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Like my mom came and stayed with me for 10 days, which was mm -hmm. exciting and thrilling. But you're like right up the street. So yeah. how have you enjoyed that? It's three years. It's been like three years, right? Yeah. No, so that's that's been cool. I mean, you know, coming from – where was I? I was in L.A. before. So um, my, my dad and my mom – well, really my dad – he if he can come to every game, he'll come to every game. My mom, she's like, I'll watch you from the TV screen. <laughs> like, I don't need to be up in the stands with him screaming and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, sometimes my mom, she be getting a little uh, like when you know in the arena, she'll bark back a little bit at when people say things. Oh, so she'll bark yeah. back. So she would be like, I, I see where you I get wanna, it from. You know, I don't want to be. Uh, I want to get no arguments in us. I'm gonna stay at the house and whatnot, but. For them to have the 
the accessibility to be two two hours thirty minutes away to come to games, you know that's awesome. And then me vice versa as right. well to be able to go back from time to time. Uh, and then just growing up, like in, growing up in Long Island, obviously I was been able to watch the Knicks like as a kid. Obviously, I was a huge Allen Iverson fan um, in in his days uh, as a Sixer. So uh, being able to see him play and then you know now playing for this organization is um, you know is awesome. Yeah, and you're like um, I wouldn't say surprisingly, but you are like super close with your family, and that's mm -hmm. not uh, and you have a big family too. Yeah. So that's not always often. Like I forget, like your sister had like her senior night in Tobias. Like yo, I'm going. I was like, shoot, you're better than me. I would be trying to get ten hours of sleep. <laughs> but no, like, speak on that. Like, I don't know. And your and your dad. I see your dad. Even like how close you guys are when he sits mm -hmm. there. There was one time, like, it was like an image. You were in the corner, and he was sitting like courtside. And before you could even like finish your shot, he's like holding his follow through. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but that's that's very. I wouldn't say rare, but it's it isn't the most common thing that you have big families that are just so close to each other. Talk about how you guys are so close. I mean, I, I've played against your brother a couple of times. Hooping is, is in the the Harris DNA. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah, I mean that that's where it all started. I think that's where like the, the closeness of the family began. Like there's six of us, right? So it's it's a, it's a big family to say the least. Uh, shout out to my mom who like who raised us, and you know that's a powerful woman there. Just being able to do whatever it took to see us be successful and then uh, my father you know who as a kid that was my coach right and I, I couldn't stand him as a coach because he was so <laughs> hard on me but at the end of the day like now that's my agent so you know, he, he took over representing me I want to say that was my third year in the NBA yeah. right and we were able to do two two big great deals so it just like shows like our family it was a connective unit my older sister she was the first one to get a Division One scholarship to go uh, to play at Delaware. Uh, my older brother was actually the first one to get – he didn't get a, a basketball scholarship, but academically he got a scholarship. So he went to University of Maryland. So, like, seeing him come up – and he's, he's a lot older than me as well, but seeing him come up, go to college, made me, like, think, like, oh, I can go to college. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then yeah. my sister getting a basketball scholarship, goes to college – you know, my younger brother, Tyler, who plays as well overseas. My younger brother, Terry, who plays, who played in the G League. But now Terry, like, shifted focus, shifted his focus and does real estate. Yeah. And, you know, he, Still like. Still very successful, su right? Super successful. Out in Joshua Tree. <laughs> you know, Am doing, doing this thing. <laughs> nah, so I think it's just, uh, and then my younger sister, Tori, played at St. Bonaventure's, like, to see her have a senior night. You know, I wanted to go there and be a part of it, and at the same time, made me feel like, like wow, like my little sister, this is the last college game. Crazy. You know what I mean? So, it's just that connectiveness. But it all was groomed by competitiveness. There were always fights in the house on basketball. Can you imagine that? Six, yeah, six so in the house. It was always wow. like me to see a Tyler, and like it was just an argue fest of like one on one. And like my mom would be like, I wish you guys would argue this much about your grades, like you know. So it's like that type of thing. So that's how we always got as close as we are to this day.
How much do you think that growing up in that environment, so to just give a little bit of color about where you stand among your teammates, we've had five episodes now. This will be the sixth. And I think in all of them, if not almost all of them, you've been credited as the leader of the team on the court, off the court, communicatively. How much do you think growing up with all those siblings prepared you to take on that role that you hold within this team? Yeah, it prepared me a a whole lot, really, because I think when it starts, it's like I was always trying to win a battle of, like, being the best player in the family, right, basketball-wise. So, like, up until, like, age 13, I was always humbled by my sister. So then, like, when I finally beat her. You start popping off, like, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm the man, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? So, but I always had to level out kind of the – the quote unquote like egos of like yeah. keeping, you know, I, I had to show like, you know, I was a McDonald's All American top 10 recruit, but I had to show like I didn't get there because of just waking up and being able to dunk and run, like, dunk and run. Like, no, I, I, I had to really work right. extremely hard. Like, I was up every morning, six o'clock, running around the neighborhood, um, then going to school. I, I used to have eighth and ninth period off working out during school, then going to practice, then after practice working out again. So, like, it was just basically me representing what I'm trying to get across, like, and that's to make it to the NBA. So I wanted my other brothers and sisters to see that as well and for that to groom them. So I think that the whole family atmosphere, being competitive, being a hard worker, has allowed me to have insight on being able to be around a team, especially in the league. A lot of young guys come in each and every year, so just being able to sow that seed into them as well is is is, is huge. George, how would you describe Tobias's purpose on this team outside of what he does on the court? You know, I think Tobias. You know, we were actually talking about this on the bus yesterday. Like he ha- he has a good he can get a good read on every person that he has enough time around and can take a good pulse on you know what they like, what kind of doesn't you know really flow with them and kind of be able to connect. He, he's like a connector. I think that's something in professional sports that is so undervalued when you have someone that is able to connect groups or cliques of people. Because everybody knows it's like not everybody gets along, but Tobias can kind of flow and go within and have a special relationship with everybody. But also he can, you know, read the room and when it's, you know, not time to crack a joke or say something that, you know, is going to cause controversy. But he also can say it in a way that opens up dialogue that helps you connect um, as a team. And as I'm sitting here listening to your stories about, like, your sisters and stuff like that, it just brings me back because when I think of, like, your journey in the NBA, like, and you wanted to, you know, prove to people, like, yeah, I mean, you were a McDonald's All-American and you were a top 10 recruit. And some people would think, like, oh, like, that's easy to get to the NBA. You're a top 10 recruit. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have to have a solid freshman year and, like, you're good. And But, like, you went to Milwaukee. Like, it's nothing was easy there. You struggled there. You went to Orlando. When you finally caught your niche there, you were traded. And then, you know, you finally set home in Detroit. You're traded to L.A. And then from L.A., you come to Philly. And, like, the best thing that, like, I realize about you is that you don't let any of that stuff within the business rob you of your happiness. And the funny part is people will, Tobias this, Tobias that, but, like, the production is, like, still the same. And I, I sit back in my room and I'm, like, baffled because I'm, like, how does someone go through all that but still stay steady and the production just stays the same? So, like, what 
goes through your head for you to go through that? It's 10 plus years, right? Yeah. To continue to just be like, I want to wake up and continue to grind and make this the best and continue to produce. Because at some point, some people are like, all right, enough is enough. I've been traded, you know, Mm -hmm. four times. Like, when is it going to be like where I can just relax and be complacent? But then again, like your your life has never been anything with complacency. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's true. I think like honestly and sometimes people don't like hearing other people say this, but I love my life. Yeah. Like I legit love my life. Like I love waking up, being playing in the NBA. That's number one. I love that. I love being able to come on a on a bus in the morning and y'all are like half sleeping. I'm able to like <laughs> scream and wake up and y'all up and like you know what I mean? Like I love like people being like, dang. How Tobias got so much energy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I like that. Sure. And like, you know, that's why I like being around young guys, young guys on the team, like Tyrese, Isaiah, Matisse, like them guys give me more life because they, they're so new. Right. You know, they're so new to it. Um, But for me, you know, I had to realize this like through my career, my journey. Like, I remember one of the lowest points in my life was I was in Orlando and I didn't sign an extension with them, right? Like I was offered three year, um, like 38 or something. And they didn't want to go up in the number. So I was like, dang, like I wanted this extension so bad, you know? And like, I remember one of the coaches texting me just being like, just know like, this is just an opportunity for a greater blessing for you, right? And I always think about that moment because we had played a preseason game, we had played the Rockets. And I remember after the game, I was, like, vividly in my room by myself just so upset because I didn't know where my future was going, you know. But that message really, like, uplifted me to know that things are always going to work out. And I think, like, once, like, I got past that moment, uh, the next season ended up signing a four-year deal uh, with the Magic. But once I got past that moment, I always think back to that moment, like, Think about where you are, where you were, and like where you're at now, right? Like, and this is just a thing of life. Like, things do work itself out in everything. So I try not to, you know, get sucked into all, all like the, the noise on the outside yeah. of what's going on. Right. Just stay level because at the end of the day, I'm playing this game that I love. I got a beautiful family, beautiful friends, teammates. Everything around me in my life is flowing. In a in a positive direction, so I'm just like, man, like I can't, I can't be, I can't really be upset for too long. Right. And I think a, another great thing, like with with everything that you have that's great going on the court. I remember Tobias telling someone they were like, you know, one thing you guys will have for me as a teammate is if you call me in 25 years <laughs> and ask for some advice, I will pick up the phone. And and that's another, but that's another attribute that like people don't understand is like yeah we're really close and you know we trap probably 220 days out of the year but that doesn't mean that when i get traded to another team or go to another team like people are still going to pick up my phone calls and i think the the best part that you do is you're active on the court obviously you've had a tremendously decorated you know career but off the court i think i don't want to say it'd be surprising to some people but like a lot of people don't give athletes respect like Mm -hmm. off the court and you're very involved in every community that you've been into, you're very involved in business opportunities. But also, I think the the best attribute is even when I have questions about business experiences, Tobias is willing to sit down and actually have like in depth, intelligent like conversations and advice. And 
talk about experiences that he's had where he's like, whoa, 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 don't do that. Uh, or yeah, 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 I've tried that and this works. Or yo, I found this, I found this out. Like you should try this. Now, has that always been, or when in your NBA career, or maybe who has helped you see that light or tap into that, or is that just you being competitive and be like, you know, all right, I'm good on the court, like I've got to take care of now. I want to, you know, see if I can take this to a whole new level. Yeah, that that was like, like one day I sat down, and I said to myself, I said, what, like, what's your what's your goals outside of basketball, right? Because you can only play for so long, and um. Like a couple of people, they, they, like a couple of friends of mine, actually, they'd be like, man, you got to do more media stuff or more PR. And I'd be like, why? And they're like, because you want to get your name out there more. Like people didn't know this and that. Like you got to build these things up for your legacy. And I was like, legacy, man? Like, like legacy is about like you get a championship and you enjoy what you do. Right. I say, if you're lucky enough to get a championship, then you know, more power to you, right? And so, like, I sat back and I said, because I think, like, as athletes and NBA players, so much for, for our whole life we've been stuck in this identity. And I always wanted to figure out, all right, when basketball is done, what is going to be your identity, right? right? Like and breaking like, the stigma. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what, like, what, like who are you going to be? Because you're not going to be, you know, able to wake up every day and go in front of 20,000 fans and, and play. So like, what is gonna give you that time consuming thing at the same time that you enjoy to do, right? And that's why I was like, you know, let me figure out oh, ways. Like finding new hobbies. And, exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like what could it be? And then, you know, I started figuring out like what's important to me. And that's that, the first thing was the youth, right. like our youth and being able to give back to them. Education is important to right. me, right? So. Then my next step was like, you know, a, a huge goal of mine when I'm done playing, you know, hopefully that's years from now, is to have a school, you know. So, then I, you know, I started doing things. And, um, you know, I talked to a lot of people, you know, a lot of wealthy people as well to, to figure out, like, what, what do they do? I'm always trying to gain right, an knowledge, advantage yeah. of knowledge to just, to just see. And a buddy of mine told me, he said, do one thing every year that sparks your interest, right, like investing-wise. Right. You know, so I, I got into crypto and then I just did the research and I started reaching out to people in the space like that's big into crypto. Like, hey, let's connect. Let's talk. So then, you know, once I started doing that and, and reaching out and learning, that was when I was like, you know what? I got to share this knowledge. But I'm also a person is I'm not going to share knowledge, especially with y'all, like as teammates, if it ain't hit back for me. Like, I'm not about to tell you, hey, we should do this coin. But I don't know about it yet. Yeah. Like I'm gonna make sure it's working, and then we yeah, and then right put everybody on <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so like that's that's kind of how I I looked at it. All those things are just knowledge, but they don't. I never let all that stuff take away from my day job. Yeah, keeping right? the main thing so, the main thing. Yeah, and but I also don't let my day job over surround me with emotions to not do things that I think are fun and want to do. That is so well well put right there. You guys have both touched on it, but I'd like to go a little deeper. Tobias is unlike other players in that you continue every year to not just invest in Philadelphia communities. We've talked about literacy, but you're doing that in every community you've ever played in, correct? Yeah. The community you grew up in, mm -hmm. Haiti. Yeah. Where else? Africa as well. So we did a little pro a project out there with basically like s solar 
panel like iBooks so the kids can have access to literacy and, and reading. So, yeah, there's a lot of different communities. Like, at some point, I would love to touch everywhere, you know. Um, but that that's always been been a thing for me. And I'm, and I'm also, I know with when dealing with corporations and businesses, a lot of stuff is always like a PR thing. And I always say, I don't, I don't want any PR. All I want is to do it. To, to basically allow the kids to know that someone cares about them and someone is pushing this to them. And I do like them to know that I'm doing it because, like, you know, they as as an athlete, as an NBA player, they look up to you as a role model. And, you know, the first thing when you see NBA players, you don't think books. So it's added motivation for them <laughs> at times to think reading books, yeah. sports, like even education. He, even he does it. Like that yeah, guy's you going know what I mean? even yeah. he does it. Reading is cool. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, like, I always say I just I love doing those things because I know at the end of the day I I don't do it for me I do it for the ones that are involved and I know that it's impactful and I always always felt that if I if I go into something it's got to be with a clean heart and that's how I try to do it. I think it's interesting that you continue though like George and I have both talked on this podcast about being emotional and reacting with emotion Ooh. in different situations yeah. we share that in common and I think you started this conversation by talking about getting traded or being in some way wronged by different communities, right? But then still choosing to invest in those same communities to be able to separate what the breakup with the team or the city was like, but continue to invest in, in kids and youth and people that bought your jersey while you were there. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does that. I think that's really special. But but that's when you described like, you're like, oh, why is Tobias like a good leader? Like we just gave you three minutes on what? Because like, like you said, it's like, I'm going in with a clean heart. It doesn't matter if it didn't work out or for what reason my job on this earth, you know, whatever people feel like their impact is and Tobias is is to impact other people. And he's not doing it in a way that look at me, look at me. It's more or less, how can I make things better? Like when you talk about kids in Africa, like giving them those, those books to be able to read, he's giving them the greatest tool in the world. Knowledge is power. Money, someone can take money from you. Once you have knowledge, like nobody can take that from you. And I think the fact that you see that and you don't let, like you said, the emotions of your day job, but you still keep the main thing, the main thing, which is basketball, you know, but don't let the emotion and the highs and lows of that take away from you affecting so many other people. I mean, that that's what a leader is. And, you know, and I, I don't want to be over the top because I'm not over the top. Like, oh, I love to buy. Like, but that, but that's like. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so you can do that after. But that, that's like what a, a leader does. And that's why when people ask who's your leader on the team, like all of us have said on here, Tobias, because he doesn't ask for the credit. He shows up every day and is the same him. Like, and, and that's what you enjoy being around someone that's going to be the, the same energy, the same person. And he's looking to impact people constantly. And it's true. We had to wait six months to get him to come on here and brag about himself on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things, too. It's like sports are sports, and people have a lot of emotions in them. But you know, everything goes, everything connects with, with each other, right? Like the, the better the Sixers do, the better, in my opinion, Philadelphia economy does, right? Like, if you own a sports bar and your team is sucky, nobody's coming to your sports bar to watch games, <laughs> right? I was th- I was legitimately thinking about this the other day. I was like, I wonder if Joel Embiid goes into a sports bar 
like he wouldn't do it because he's yeah, yeah. he's not leaving his yeah. house. But like if he goes, if I own a sports bar and he comes to my sports bar, he could eat there free forever, right? Because yeah, he's brought, all the business yeah, you brought to my sports bar, yeah. right? But like it just these things go hand in hand. Where like you know, and I think that's why sports is so is now in today's age is so popular because it does build like the hype around the city. People love to support good good teams, right? So it's just one of those things. I remember like somebody hit me up on Instagram and it's like, get out of Philly. And like I wanted to be like, I impact more people in Philly than you do. And that's outside of basketball. Yeah. Like, but like it's just one of those things yeah, where it's like no, I, sure. I, I personally know inside like wherever I'm at, I am going to do what I do on the basketball court, but outside of basketball court, I know at the end of the day, I am going to help some of our youth grow up to be their best selves, right. you know? And that's how I live my life of wherever I'm at in the NBA city. I want to know more about your relationship with Philly because you brought it up. You started this conversation by saying we can ask you anything. And yeah. you, you and Philadelphia have been on a journey. For sure. What have you enjoyed most about it? What have you learned about yourself while on that journey? I, I think the biggest thing that you said is on this, in this whole journey is what I've learned about myself. Right. And I think that from the day that I got here, the expectations from the team, from everything that's going on, from signing a five year deal, you know, it, it has been a journey. I think for me, nothing ever is going to go exactly how you plan it. Right. Um, from being booed, like in the middle of the season early on, like, you know, it's it's a, those things have just honestly has just been a a check to my own ego of being able to say uh, personally, you need to take a step back and understand like what you want out of all this, and then to really figure out like, you know, why why does that make you so upset, right? And I think like for me, it's it's more so been along like I'm a prideful person, like. I have expectations for myself, my game, how I want to play, how successful I want to be for the group, like how much I want to win. And um, you know, at times you, you do feel like from a, a base of fans, it's kind of misconstrued at times in, in my opinion, but I understand where like some fans don't watch basketball games. Like they just watch stats like – and that's okay. And I think for me personally, it's just understanding, like, I have to be comfortable with myself, with my game, and with my team and teammates. And once I came to grips with that and came to grips with the situation of, of where we were and what we're in, I've been able to just free flow and play how I normally – how I want to play, right? And that took some time to really, like, have a realization with. So – I think it's it's all it's, it was all it's all been a learning process and will forever be a learning process. And truth be told, like I looked at every moment, like when the, when the fans were booing me in the arena, like I was coming to the bench and like everybody's like, "Yo, like, like." I mean, we we're not on look, we're just a video, but everybody's eyes are like, "Yo," like I remember sitting on the bench and they was like, "Damn, T, that's crazy," and I'm like. I'm like, dang, yo. It is what it is. But, like, when I got back on the floor, I was like, I literally said to myself, I said, 
in my mind, I was like, you should shoot whenever you get the ball. Like, you shouldn't worry about if they boo if you miss. Like, you right. should just use this as an opportunity to mentally get yourself ready for whatever is to come in the playoffs, in the championship. Like, you should use this opportunity. And I was like, you know what, I'll do that. Like, because at this point, they're booing. So they can only keep booing or start clapping like one or the other. So I was just like, I'm going to use this opportunity. Yeah. And I, I legit did it. And it happened like another game after that. It was, it was a little quieter. But the same thing. I was like, just use this opportunity. Like, figure out a way to make it a gain. Right. It's a credit to you, though, because I don't know how – if I would be able to – react in real time and figure out what the lesson is going to be. If people are coming after me, yeah. a lot of people would crawl into their shell right. like when a turtle's under attack and they uh. bring themselves under their shell. That's what I do. I don't know how you handle it, but immediately figuring out what the lesson is and how to learn it as quickly as possible, not For everybody sure. can do that. And I think that's yeah. really cool. Right. No, and, and I think the, the, the time on that, like, you know, to be like, hey, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is and I can only control what I can control. But I think the the biggest thing that fans need to realize is like if they don't think that us players and them are aligned, like we both want the same thing. We yeah. want a championship just like you guys want a championship. For because sure. I missed that shot out there, I'm not doing it on purpose. Trust me. I want that ball to go in and I don't want the guy to score on me. Like we're all like we all want the same things. And I think for you the the best part of the thing that you said was like you had to check your ego, right? You know, I had mm -hmm. to be like, you know what? They want, you know, me to play better. I want me to play better. For sure. And and I'm going to go out there and, and give it my all. And you know what I mean? I think I think with you, as a, what people don't understand is you put in so much work and time and effort into your craft that at the end of the day, you were like, I can just flow because knowing that I put this much time and effort in my craft, mm -hmm. like there's no possible way I could lose. Not like no chance. And then ever since that had happened with them booing and stuff like that, like defensive assignments, like scoring, yeah. everything has just gone and it's like, it wasn't like, all right, is, how's Tobias going to be today? It's more like we know what we're going to get from Tobias, and the rest is just flowing. And that's that's a credit to you because, as we know in this professional business, checking your ego is uh, yeah. something that isn't the easiest. And my mom brought up a good point. It was like the next day she called me. She said, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm good. She goes, I hope you know no one in the stands can do what you do. And I said, that's a fact, Mom. That's a fact. Shut up. Shut up. That's a fact. Oh, man. But she said it like a joking way. Yeah. And she was like, all right, that's all I had to say. And I was like, Everybody needs people like that in their lives. I'm a big fan of the Harris family from what I know. You two, I have something that I want to ask you guys. You two have very different personalities, but it's been very clear all season long that you guys get along really well. And Tobias, I've asked everyone that's come on this podcast what their first impression of George was or, or what you made of George before playing against him versus Oh, he how... told me this morning. Okay, well, <laughs> oh my God. how about you reveal what that first impression was oh. and what you've learned since becoming George's teammate? And I'm really excited for the answer now, so don't disappoint because you guys are making all sorts of faces right now. <laughs> I want to know. Okay, so, all right, all right. First, I have to give some back background on this story. So, you know, me... me me and George, and I'm not going to say who else on the team, but we're part of this crew called the Fat Boy Crew. Okay? Yeah. Now, it's the fat. Well, not, uh, actually, fat's a mean word, I heard. So Ch I'll chubby, say chubby. Chubby gang. So the chubby boy, boy <laughs> crew, right? Like, so we can go, like, on different, like, th just through different spaces of life, like, kind of how the earth 
and gravity works like one day we may jump on a scale and the thing may be up eight pounds or yeah. the next day we can jump on it and it could be like down one pound so or tobias brings a crumble cookie on the plane i look at it and then i'm up five pounds it's like i didn't eat anything but i gained weight i'm not sure where this is going but i'm excited okay, to I'm get gonna there. so <laughs> like early on in my career like when we did that body fat test i used to hate doing the body fat test because my number would be a little high <laughs> now i kind of got it figured out so i remember playing against george my rookie and, year. Oh no. And chubby people always judge chubby people always judge another chubby person. So as George was playing in the game, he got in the game. And I was like on the bench, I was like, look how chubby this guy is. I'm like, his body fat gotta be like thirty. Thirty, like, <laughs> you know, so and I told him that this morning, I was like, gee, I remember playing against you and you ran down the court and I was like, yo, this guy's body fat is crazy right now. But now that I'm around George, we always, we check each other. Like if when he's on the plane and he's eating a he's little like, bit. He's like, you don't need that. I was like, you don't need that. He's Come like, you, you can only have four pieces of chicken, not six. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So we check each other and we, we keep each other in, in chubby camp. Like it's just, this is what you do. Like great teammates hold each other accountable. Exactly. But and the, when I bring crumble on the plane, I always tell them, like, just take a half. You know what I mean? But I saw this video from this lady. And I need to send it to George. Her name is uh, uh, Abraham Hicks. And she said that the reason why me and George are chubby is because that when we see food that we like, which, like, if it's a box of donuts, we're already thinking that those donuts aren't good for us. But if we change our vibrational frequency and we said that these donuts are healthy and are good for us, they would be fine for us to eat. I'm going to send you this video. Because it made a lot of sense. We might be on. Yo, this is what we're talking about. Don't get on on here and try to shoot down what he's saying. No, because look, if somebody brought me Chick-fil-A here, right? You you bring me Chick-fil-A, you can bring me a salad, right? They can have the same amount of calories. But if I seen the Chick Fil A and I was like, I was like, oh, that's not healthy for me. And I seen the salad, I'm like, oh, that's healthy for me. I eat it. I have a better frequency to that salad, whereas that Chick Fil A is on different energy. Category. It's energy. energy. It that, that makes sense though, because some salads you put the dressing on has the same amount of calories. He's right. And fat and as a chicken sandwich. It's sometimes true, but if you decide that fries are healthy, that doesn't mean that they're not gonna make. You. Trust me, I'd eat fries every day if I could. Well, who said fries aren't healthy? Okay, next topic. No, I'm asking for real, for real. <laughs> They're definitely not. Why? The salt and the oil and the fact that there's no nutritional value whatsoever. I don't know. People have different th- feelings on oil. I'll try to change my frequency with fries next time I eat I them. Think, but I think, I think it's should. still not going to be Yo, healthy. So could me. I look at the fries and then be like, um, <laughs> healthy vibes. I, I, I would say that it's not hum, it's um, <laughs> O-M. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to try that. I'm going to send you the video, and you're going to be on it. Watch. Okay, just try it in the off-season. Okay. No, right now it's better. All right. Well, Tobias, in the last segment of the Big Niang Theory, um, we have a point where we ask you, what would you tell your younger self if you had some advice to give to your younger self? Mm. It's, it's Can we do it in parts, actually? Like, could we go high school? Well, yo, yo, rookie? yo, 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 yo. It'd be the same thing. Really? It'd be the same thing. Okay. 
Relax and let it flow. And that's why I tell myself every morning. Relax and let it flow. Like, let things happen. Continue to, like, be who you are and, you know, um, put in, like, as much work as you're doing. But relax and let things flow because things work out. Everything works out. And, you know, like I talk about the story when I was on the Magic and even now, like those are the same things I tell myself because you, you're going to be fine and things are going to work out. But just relax and, and let things flow the way they need to flow. Before we let you go. Yes. And I like that advice. I want to ask you about Thank a couple you. of your teammates. Okay. Headlined by the headliner. Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. who is putting together his second consecutive MVP caliber season. Yeah. You said towards the beginning of last season that you're going to tell your kids one day that Joel Embiid is the best player you ever played with. Then I met George. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that's how he feels about me. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. So besides George, Joel Embiid is the best player that you have ever played with and you believe you ever will play with. Mm-hmm. First of all, great quote. That one was a, that was a soundbite for the ages. There we go. But why, why are you so sure? What makes him so special? Because a lot of people around this time of year will have a lot of opinions on why he is or isn't the MVP. But not that many people have seen it up close and personal the way that you have over the last few years. So what makes him that to you? Well, first, I hope he wins the MVP. I just think he like he's put you know enough body of work together. He deserves to, it. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it. He does. Um you know, you, you look at, like, his start of his career, the injuries. Um, he, he just got so much better, like, from the time that I've been here. Um, my first got traded. You know, his confidence is has always been very high, but he's, he's a smart, like, basketball player. Like, yeah, he's always – you know, he's always watching NBA, like, oh, yeah. like little things in games. Like, he has, like, coaching – smartness right um and he knows like all stats of like everything. players of like you'll say something and be like oh yeah i, I like it like it's I like crazy he, he shoots 41 percent, and like i'll go on basketball reference and like his yeah, like he knows he that. does shoot 41 percent. Yeah. <laughs> he also remembers every play that he's ever played in or watched and he remembers who was where and who was guarding him it's really interesting to hear him recount stuff that's happened to him. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me is fascinating. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, I mean, but so I think, like, his scoring dominance, uh, we were talking on the bench yesterday where he, where he shoots those threes with, like, three seconds on a shot clock. And then he makes it. I was like, it's not the greatest shot, but they always oh, go in, man. so I'm like, this is a great shot. Yeah. But, like, the things that that uh, he does on four, as a as a big man, like, the dominance – I mean, I, I believe he's the MVP, and I would say if he doesn't get that, you know, I hope he does get it. But offensively, I would say he's one and two most gifted, like, offensive players uh, in our game right now. And, sure. and he's worked at that because, you know, when Joel first came in, like, I played against Joel in college, he was like, super skilled back to the basket but as you know in the nba like you're back to the basket you're getting double teamed they're not letting so now he's expanded his game to be able to dribble to be able to shoot a mid-range shot as like you can't drop a play that's as efficient as joel shooting that mid-range pick and pop or off the dribble and now he's shooting threes and then he's getting downhill driving to rim and now he's improved like passing it's and i think when it comes down to the mvp 
voting, people have to take into account what he was doing from day one and the beginning of our season. Like his body of work, it's not just like the last two months, like his body of work, you know, when we didn't know who was going to be on our roster, you know, when that whole situation and he was still leading us to to victories. It was impressive. Like the fact that this guy had us in, you know, the top four in the East and we were missing $35 million on our salary cap was like, Holy smokes, like this guy is is doing not to say that nobody else on the team gets credit, but Joel was leading us and, and yeah. I think that's why he's MVP, but I won't speak on it anymore because the 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 cream always rises to the top, is that what they say? Uh yeah. If if I hope he gets it. Um Yeah, honestly I hope he gets both of them. By both I mean MVP MVP regular season, MVP. Of the championship, you feel me? Yeah. With that being said, we got we got our work cut out, For so sure. we need to get to work. But Tobias, thank you. You're kicking me off. Yeah. No, yeah, I no. was gonna say he seems comfortable. Oh, I gotta go. No. <laughs> George kicked me off. No. Th- thank you for coming on the the big Niang theory. We really appreciate it. All right, I I appreciate it. It's long overdue. Uh, I I gave my word early in the year. And we got it done. Let's so this do was great. Thank you, guys. Tobias Harris, a man of his word. We yeah. appreciate you. Know you guys say my word is bond. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tobias. My man always. Yeah.